Welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton. Along with me is our resident rock star of recovery, Bethany McChesney. Welcome back. Yay. Little hiatus, but I'm back. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so while you were gone, things happened. Um, so actually, probably, you know what, and we're going to be pretty quick today. And then we're going to go to our guest because we got lots to talk about with him. Um, tell you ride. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about on Tell You Ride is 30-minute penalty per burpee. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, I I was shocked actually. I it, again, this is one of these situations where I feel like the crime is not equal to the punishment here. So with the ultra races, you the failable obstacles, you get a whole punch when you complete it. So when you come back, if you have your six hole punches, um, you don't do any burpees. Um, so if you come back and you have four hole punches, you do 60 burpees, still 30 burpees per missed obstacle. So let's say you're doing like 60, 90 burpees and you miss one burpee and you get 30 minutes. That just doesn't seem, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Like counting, I don't know. It just, I know. So with this situation here, Katie Knight missed three burpees. Maybe she did them incorrectly. I'm not 100%. I think she missed them. Um, I think she missed them. She missed them. Okay, so she miscounted. Very easy to do when you're doing races of this length, especially. Um, I know it was not something that was intentionally done. And a 90-minute penalty can basically just put you out of the race. And I know she struggled with it a lot mentally, thinking – how much she had to make up just because of three burpees. It just, it blows my mind, that punishment for the, for the crime. So what would you have put like, cause so their argument or not their argument, I don't want to say argument, their explanation is that in an ultra like that, they didn't want people skipping burpees so they could sneak in another lap. So we get that. So they felt that they, they felt they needed to have a bigger punishment for missed burpees. Cool. I mean, you, you make that argument, but what becomes reasonable? Because obviously if it's not 30 seconds, it needs to be 30 minutes. Or like, what about like <laughs> five minutes? Like just 30 minutes puts you out of the race almost. So Burpee. like 90 minutes is the difference between second, third. So why not? So, okay. It's not 30 seconds. Well, like even five minutes, you can make up that time a little bit more reasonably. And that's still a significant, like if you're going to miss 10 burpees, now you're starting 50. So if you kind of, you're starting to do the math still, it doesn't make sense to miss burpees. So just, but such an extreme number, I don't think so. So here's some of the things that people have said. I mean, people have said like, well, Spartan should have somebody there counting the burpees. Spartan, or Spartan should do this. Spartan should do that. And I like to throw Spartan under the bus a lot. It's great fun. But in this particular occasion, like you can't, you can't have someone there counting all the burpees all the time for different athletes because they did it all in the burpee pit. And even if they were at the obstacles, you still can't because they got to watch other people go through. It's just too much. So I am okay with them not having someone count the burpees. Um, so Spartan, that's not your fault. It's okay. But... <laughs> Why not? And this is just radical. Spartan is like, let's be super tough. Let's Spartan the fuck up, right? All that stuff. Make it mandatory completion for the ultra. 
freaking just kill it. That, okay. We all know the obstacles for Spartan art. You know, they're challenged. All right, they're not that hard. But <laughs> yes, you can fail them is what I'm saying. You can definitely fail them. Hence, people are doing burpees. But if you've got multiple attempts at them, most of them you're going to be able to get through. Uh-huh. At least have a scenario where, you know, why not throw it out there with a, a 24 hour event? Let it be like that. Let it be that way. Because it, I think it'd be amazing. That would be a true test. I mean, I did a 24 hour mandatory completion course one time and it was deadly. The obstacles were much harder than Spartans. But, yeah. But I just think it would be so cool. It would be fantastic. And then you don't got to worry about counting burpees. You don't got to worry about any of that. It's just get through it. Yeah, I do like that idea, actually, with the ultra. Yeah. I think that would work. Mm -hmm. I personally like it with every Spartan race, because I think, I mean, again, it just makes sense to me, but mm -hmm. burpees are just so Spartan. I know. Yeah, and having to do them all at the end also, so you're doing a lot of burpees, potentially, not always, yeah. um, at the very end of a loop. And again, it's so you're counting. So one of the things that I heard them say also is they wanted it to be different. So again, if that's their goal is to be different, then make it different and their ultra is mandatory completion. Um, they also, someone, I, one of the race directors, I'm not sure, also said, well, typically you should just do extra just in case, which is also a terrible argument <laughs> because yeah. now you're asking someone to do more when they're already running an ultra and then why not make it 31 burpees and not 30? <laughs> why not just remove burpees as a penalty? Because it's dumb. Always has. <laughs> I said this before, uh, uh, poor Katie Knight, she seems to get stuck with this stuff. She got hit with that, that lame DQ at High Rocks and then she got hit with this and just... Oh, yeah. She's doing so well. But I, I have heard she's going to be at double, uh, WTM, so that's really cool. So she's not... Uh, oh, good. Not discouraged. And obviously, with her performance here, she should do really well. Yeah. So hopefully she can she can do well there. Um, let's kind of touch on it just really quickly. So this coming weekend actually is the last race of the U.S. National Series. Mm -hmm. Should we mention of, results before we move on from Telluride? Sure, you do, yes, do your results from Telluride. A dramatic okay. reading okay, of we the need, Yes, we need the results here. Okay, so on the women's side, we have Rhea Kobel. Taking first, um, Alex Rodonia, otherwise known as Chikorita, taking second, and Katie Knight finishing off the podium there uh, for the women. And then the men, we have Mark Gaudet was first, Tyler Bierman was a close second, and they worked very closely together uh, through the whole race, and then Josh Vier was third. You know what I thought was funny? Uh, and Ryan and I were commenting this when we were watching uh, bits of stories and stuff from Spartan and from different... Uh, you know, there was kinds of little bits of info coming from everywhere. Uh, Spartan at one point had a story where it was like uh, Mark and Tyler going head to head and, and, and you know, this tight competition. We're like, they were pretty much running together, holding hands until the end. <laughs> like, and talking. Yeah, <laughs> they were getting each other. They were helping each other. It was not yeah. a hot-blooded hot contest. It was... Yeah. <laughs> like let's do this together but yeah. i just thought it was funny it was interesting but mm. it was a good race um it had great weather um i think and i don't know if you saw rachel waters who incidentally did fantastic i came forth like that's amazing for rachel yeah. she posted the story like i think it was the day after places covered in snow oh wow <laughs> so, so they got lucky yeah yeah that would have been then there would have been 
lots and lots of burpees slipping yeah. off of obstacles. Um, okay, so this coming weekend, U.S. National Series, and quite frankly, it seems a little anticlimactic, at least on the women's side. Yeah, okay. Why well, do you say that? Because it's Lindsay's. It's done. Like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I find that for some reason, the hype doesn't seem to be there as much as it was for the first one or whatever. And, and it's kind of strange because Atkins and VJ, it's whoever wins between those two. So they don't have to win. They just have to finish ahead of each other. Whoever wins between the two of them wins the series. And I'm like, that seems very exciting. Yet at the same time, somehow it's anticlimactic. I don't know why it's not. Well, it's not a 3K, so. Yeah, I maybe mean, it's long. But um, anyway, my money's on Ryan. I don't know if you feel any different. No. No, and it's not that VJ's not great. VJ's doing awesome. I just think horses for courses and this suits Ryan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no arguing that. I don't understand. And I think sometimes I hear VJ and he almost sounds like he's falling victim to this logic sometimes. Everybody's like, well, sure, he can do this short course, but he can't do, he's, he's no good at this. He's no good at that. Who the hell cares if he's no good at that? Just be the best at that thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. You think Usain Bolt cares that he can't run the marathon quickly? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He does yeah. what he does. And then mm-hmm. screw that other stuff. So VJ, yeah. stop listening to him. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's just because in OCR, it's still the mentality that you kind of have to be good at everything. Like this is with VJ and some other people who have kind of started to specialize. It's the first time we've really seen it. Like in Spartan, it's just like you do two, two, sometimes three races in a weekend. So you kind of have to be able to do it all. So it's just, it's kind of shifting the mentality of obstacle course racing. Just keep doing what you're doing, VJ. They're all wrong. Yeah. Especially not Chris Roglowski because she's making me look stupid all the time, just doing well at everything. <laughs> yeah, and then there's people like that. Yeah, or Ryan who has an extreme range, but that's just not necessarily that common. No, no, I do, and I do believe that those, you know, even Ryan, it's going to get to the point where he cannot keep up on that short stuff because yeah. they'll just keep specializing. I really do believe yeah. it will happen. It is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of Miss Roglowski. She's going to the CrossFit Games because she needed something else that was different. Or Cross Spartan Games. Whoops. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's different. <laughs> However, if Chris does make it to the CrossFit Games, that would be really cool. I think we should start that now. Yeah, so <laughs> she's she's going to the Spartan Games. Is she? Yep. She's and, and I'll read you the names I know so far. This was actually posted by Obstacle Racing Media. So we'll go with that. We have for the men, we have Ryan Atkins. VJ, which to me is a surprise. Um, Hunter, not a surprise. Chris Harris, he's a bit of a CrossFit guy. Okay. Ryan Kent, no surprise yeah. there. Um, Lane Meyerstein, who I believe is an Air Force guy. And uh, Mac Rausch. He was there last night, too. No, Mac's never done the games. Oh, he wasn't? No, no, no. Oh, Mac, okay. will, Mac will be interesting because Mac is like, Brute power, uh-huh. not a lot of endurance, mm. just, just not his forte. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. And I, I, Hunter's already said he's going to completely play with Max Mind. So that should be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I actually think for the men, I think 
there's going to be a big difference this time in Ryan Kent. Mm-hmm. I think Ryan Kent is much more fit this year. He is much more ready. And I yeah. think he could be an onion in Hunter's ointment. <laughs> because, I mean, think about it right now. So Kent, there's going to be some form of DECA involved in this, yeah. right? Kent just set the record for the DECA mile. Yeah. So he's primed for that. He almost broke the record for the regular DECA strong, which means his time was faster than Hunter's time for previous DECA time. Mm-hmm. So those are events that Hunter usually relies on to win, right, in order to keep up with Ryan. And yeah. Kent could be him that. Kent also could give him a run on Spartan Cross. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this could, whereas Hunter claims this is his time to, to catch Ryan, uh, Ryan Atkins, Kent could really play spoiler in this. Mm-hmm. I, I could, I can almost see an upset, even though Hunter is very motivated after High Rocks. I think Kent could really spoil us. And I don't know. Would he, like, yeah, that'll be interesting. Can either of them take Atkins anyway, though? It depends on the events, I guess. It all, exactly. Like the events, who knows what they could be. If they end up super heavy or lifting or wrestling or again, then th- those kind of things are putting R- Ryan Atkins kind of out of that in comparison to someone like Hunter. So it just, it's all going to depend on the events. You put the super long endurance type stuff in it, which I don't think they're doing this year. No, not as long. Yeah. Then I don't know. We'll see. And then for the women, we have Lindsay. Yeah. Chris Wabowski, Corinna Coffin, Tara Jackson. She's done really well on the, on the deck as in the high rocks. Yes. Uh, Alex Vidaya not super familiar with her i'll be honest um and then meg reardon although is known as uh, megatron who is uh, quite a crossfitter she's she's high end so again it really comes down to what what the events are but chris reglowski i think is the ryan kent of the women's side yes oh that'll be good to see her in that mix yeah, because she can do it all. It's, she's proven all year long, right? We yeah. know she can do a killer at the DECA. We know she can hang on, on Spartan Cross. would be very good for her. And she does ultras. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it should be good. Um, I've had my chance on another podcast to talk about this. Do you want to say anything about uh, our friend Rachel? Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm really disappointed with how it was handled. And I, I still don't really understand the logic behind all of this, but yeah, leaving Rachel off because the Air Force doesn't want an active military on a podium, a potentially be on a podium. I just, an, it an still doesn't make any sense. Army, not military, army. They're okay. Army, okay. okay. I don't know. And I think she has every right to be upset. You send her an invite, and then a few days later, you renege. It just, for reasons that make no sense. I have, I just doesn't make sense to me at all. I would love, those are the situations when I would love to be a fly on the wall at that table when they're discussing that. Oh, yeah. It would have been hilarious, actually. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I mean, I've, I've discussed this before, like, with a lot of Spartan decisions from the HQ is, is there not somebody in there going, guys, this is really fucking dumb. <laughs> and this makes us look really bad. Yeah, we're looking, like <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah. Same with that thirty-minute penalty. Like, really? This is what we're gonna do? 
I know. And then like, let's give a hypothetical situation where someone just misses three and now 90 minutes puts them out of the race. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, when we have the OFX games, Rachel will be the first invite. <laughs> she can wear her army stuff. She can come in a tank. It's all good. Yeah, and then they ask her if she'll compete, but we, they don't mention that she's in the army. I don't blame her for that response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rachel, you're awesome. Screw it. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy Keep Italy. everything you're doing. Yeah, enjoy Italy. They're lost. <laughs> no doubt. All right, so we'll get on to our guest this week because uh, we're going to have a lot of Blue Mountain talk for this episode the next episode because that's what's happening up here and it needs to uh, yeah we're excited so yes let's bring on johnny white all right welcome johnny white. That'd be awesome <laughs> yeah yeah this is why we don't do anything live so <laughs> that's all good. so grand poobah of spartan canada johnny wade how you doing man real good good you told me I had my stern face before I got on the camera, and it's just my tired face. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I, I, I thought I was going to get grounded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was load-in day. It was our first day at Blue, uh, and it's, um, it's a big task ahead of us. We've got a lot to do. It's going to be quite a, quite a couple of weeks. So why don't you just uh, kind of, I mean, basically draw it. So this is the last, the last race of the Canadian National Series, the last Spartan for 2021. Uh, out that Blue yeah. Mountain, what do you have in store? What, what what races are available? Let's just go through the run through the basics, and then we'll get to some more specifics. Well, I was thinking about that today. The idea that um, you know, back when I started uh, with Spartan Race, you'd put on a race, so you'd go and you'd put on a race, and the race was usually five k. And then sometimes you'd go crazy and you'd put on a super, and it was ten k. And then we decided a really good idea was to sprint then supers, which made a lot of sense because you're there anyway. And then we decided to do the trifecta. And, uh, and it's so funny. I remember when the trifecta first became a thing. And it was not just the, doing the sprint or the super of the beast. It was the trifecta. And suddenly that became a big thing, which is amazing. And people go all over the world doing trifectas. And I think back to that sort of wistfully back when all we did was a trifecta and how easy that was to build a sprint, super, and beast. Because uh, this race weekend is going to be 5K sprint, 10K super, 21K beast, 50K ultra, 10K trail run, four-hour hurricane heat, um, uh, three different kids' distances, and then multiply each of those across elite age group and open waves, and then start throwing in some sponsor waves. And it really is um, just mind-boggling uh, what has to happen to make that all happen. And so it, it, it's funny because as we've done this, and, and you know, you get better at building them and, and better at putting them on, and so it's not like it's a, a much bigger team than it used to be. It's just we do that much more. And um, when they're done, we always look back and say, that was awesome. Uh, sometimes more often, more often than others in, in the uh, behind the scenes stuff. But, um, but coming into this one, um, it, it feels like a huge task. And the great thing is um, it's the National Series for the Beast, um, which uh, will be an awesome race. Um, it's, you know, it's blue, so there's a lot of elevation. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not just up, down, up, down, up, down, though there are lots of ups and lots of downs. Um, and we do have a mix of everything. Uh, there's, there's trail running, there's um, ridge running, there's climbing, there's single track 
uh, up through the trails. There's single track down through the trails. Um, there's uh, running, you know, across uh, adjacent to the village. Uh, one thing actually I do want to mention, and uh, Dave, you and I talked about this before, the idea that um, one thing I'm sad about is that we're not really showcasing uh, Blue Mountain, nor are we showcasing, you know, the village, nor Spartan um, as it should be in there eventually. Um, you know, last year with COVID, we agreed to, to base out of the South Base Lodge rather than the village. And um, this year, uh, we really had thought that by now COVID would be in the rearview mirror and we could renegotiate that. And uh, it's not only not in the rearview mirror, it's, I mean, it's, it's bigger than it's ever been as far as uh, the restrictions and things like that. So, um, so it's going to be more like a traditional Spartan race than, for example, a Tahoe or when OCRWC was here at um, uh, Blue, where it's right in the village and it's just all the pomp and circumstance that goes along with that. Um, uh, we, we just, we don't have the opportunity to do that this year, which, which, which makes me a bit sad when I'm here and look around and this is such a great venue and I look forward to it coming back here and being as big and grand as it should be. But, um, but this year, the, the race itself is going to be everything that it's supposed to be just the, the whole festival vibe and, um, and celebration of it all that you can do here at blue or an awesome village like this. Um, we, we, we can't promise that this time. No, and it's not like you're going to be six miles from the village. The, the race is oh no, the yeah, race yeah. is still going exactly. to go by the village. Yeah. You're still yeah, going yeah. To the village. It's you're just well, and, 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 and everyone's everyone's going to everyone's going to take advantage of the village too. Like you know, we're hoping that most of the people are staying here, and um, you know, we know most people are going to be going out afterwards, and and um, which which is awesome. And one thing we're actually um having a real challenge with right now um that whole supply chain thing that's happening to everyone right now with uh, staffing and with um. Um, getting supplies and things like that. We're, we're struggling with them um, getting uh, solid food vendors for the village. Or sorry, for like for our festival, you know, and, um, and generally you want to have two or three options in the festival and, uh, you know, and uh, great food. And um, we're still, you know, it's definitely going to be some food there and I'm still uh, scrambling to make it as, as awesome as it can be. But I also realized that part of the reason we're having trouble is that a food vendor saying, look, we know that people are a five minute walk to 30 of the best restaurants in Canada. Um, we're not going to really bend over backwards with a food truck that we know they're, they're going to walk right past to go to uh, North Winds and uh, Oliver Bonaccini and uh, um, you know Copper Blues and all these amazing places that are there. So um, yeah, we, we really do hope people come enjoy the heck out of the race and then go enjoy the heck out of the village too. So, like you said, you're you're we're, you're going to be working out of the South Camp, right? You said or? it's called South, South Base Lodge. So anyone who skied here. Um, the very furthest south part of uh, Blue Mountain is called the Orchard, and then there's a lodge between that and um, uh, the Southern Comfort uh, Express chairlift, and it's um, where the Bullwheel Pub is in the South Face Lodge. So anyone who knows um, Blue, that's where we are. And if you're coming into Blue Mountain, uh, there's a roundabout now, whether you're coming uh, in from Collingwood or you're coming in from um, Scenic Caves Road. Um, as soon as you come around that roundabout, our parking's right there. You'll drive right by our base camp, see all the six great big Spartan trailers. And um, and then the main parking is right away, uh, and you walk just across the road to South Base Lodge. So it's, it's as soon as you come into the Blue Mountain area, it's, it's the first thing you hit. All right. So we've got, we got some questions from people that have been shooting stuff. And I mean, it, it, so start off, uh, might as well just start with parking. You see the parking's right there. Um, what it, is, what's the cost for the parking? Well, no parking, no no cost. Um, you know, Spartan, uh, we realized over the last couple of years that it's um, it's a pain in the butt for people to reach in and grab a bunch of money out of their pocket as they're pulling in. It's also a pain for us to manage because, um, uh, 
you know, the backups when you're trying to make change for, for the $5 parking gets a bit much. And, uh, the, so they've just incorporated in the cost. So there's no, no, no charge for parking, no charge for a bag check either. They're both included. No charge for the bag check. Did you see? That's awesome. No charge for the bag check. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Now when you, we're, we're starting on Saturday. So Saturday is going to be the big ultra and the beast. That's yep. really what's going on Saturday. So how's that going to work? Are the ultra going to set off in the morning? They're going to wear the pennies or the pennies or whatever you want to call them. Yep. Yeah. So by the way, I apologize. I just put these headsets on to get better sound and it's starting to um, uh, die on me. So I'm going to make a quick adjustment while I talk to you. Cause I suddenly disappear. I'm coming right back. No anyway, the, um, yeah, the, um, uh, the ultra is going off at six o'clock sharp. Uh, there's the uh, elite wave and then uh, right into uh, open waves. Um, so it's six and then again at 6.15. And then the beast starts at, um, uh, sorry, uh, ultra is uh, elite age group and then open waves. And the beast starts at um, 7.15, I think. And uh, and yeah, the, the ultra, it's going to be two, two full laps um, with a transition area in between. And... Um, it's going to be 50K. Uh, so it's a 21K beast each time plus a 4K extra loop that has an extra obstacle and water station on it. And then, um, uh, yeah, and, and, and the, beast, uh, is, the beast is going to be tough. Um, the ultra is going to be real tough too. It's, it's, it's going to be like, um, you know, there were some sort of infamous ones out west like Sun Peaks and, um, and uh, Kimberly that were really, really hard. And those are ones that I have to have a little bit of a thick skin as a race director because afterwards you always take a beating. You know, half people think it was awesome. Usually those are the ones who finished and the other ones who didn't think it was unfair and terrible. And then usually about six months later, someone will send me a note saying it changed my life. It was wonderful. Thanks so much. And, you know, the, but um, th this is going to have that kind of element to it. Like there will be a lot of people not finish the ultra um, just because it, it, it's a beating. It's, it's a ton of elevation. It's, it's not easy running. Um, and the other thing is you can, Anyone can come and hike a beast and get finished in the you know ten hours of daylight that we have. Um, we're actually stretching it out a little bit. Uh, you know, it starts uh, the ultra starts at six, and the, the the hard cutoff is nine to be off the course. So fifteen hours. Um, but you can't come and hike fifty k in uh, in fifteen hours on this course. Like you have, you actually have to run. And that's what people don't understand. You know, I get people come up to me and they 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 say, I don't get it. I've done. 10 beasts and then i and dnf'd an ultra i'm like you can do 100 beasts you know it's a it's a different it's a different race it and um <laughs> yeah and so so uh it, it's going to be it's going to be that kind of a tester like it's there's nothing easy about it um and what i love about the beast is it's just as hard it's only half as long so so you're still going to be super challenged so i say to people come out and, and do the beast like actually like um really really challenge yourself um uh and, and finish, right? Like it'll be awesomely difficult and brutal and crazy and you'll finish, you know, get a medal and you feel really, really good about it. And the reason I say it like that is because um, anyone who then says, no, I'm gonna do the ultra, awesome. And you may very well not finish and that's okay too. But, um, but don't sign up to do the ultra and make yourself feel good about yourself <laughs> because you're not gonna, you're either, you're, you're either gonna finish and feel terrible or you're gonna not finish and feel terrible. Either way, hopefully the next day you'll feel good. Is that, is that a fair way to put that? <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, sure. Hey, by the way, I, I'm, I'm just going to turn these head, this headset off. He's beeping at me like. So no problem. Is over. Uh, you can hear me now, but I'm going to do one quick thing because I apologize earlier. It was not great sound. There you go. We'll just keep going. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we'll get by. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. That's all right. 
Okay, so here's a quick, quick question. Um, if you're doing the ultra and you don't make the cutoff time, but you finish, do you still get credit for a beast? Nope. Nope. Hard no. I had to ask. <laughs> That's you a good question. You didn't sign up for sure, it's a great question. But if, if you signed up for this super and dropped out at a 5K, would we give you sprint medal? Well, why are you going to be like that? Uh, there's my answer. <laughs> I'm just going to take the medals anyway. I don't care. <laughs> Run by, grab them all. Everybody will be really tired. Yeah, they won't man. be able to catch me. It's good. Um, so, but you know, the neat thing with this one, e each of the distances is actually a really cool challenge. Like the sprint, it's um, it's a tough sprint, not a brutal sprint. Um, you know, it's um, it's a it's a, going to be a great one. They get up to the top. Uh, they get in the 20 obstacles. Um, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's there's some some nice open running. Uh, it's it's going to be great. The super is um, proportionally more challenging, you know, and uh, it's got more running. Another trip up the top. And um, so, you know, each one gets progressively harder like it should. You know, there, there are some venues like um, one year, I remember we did one at Brimacombe and the sprint was all the up and down and the super was that awesome run around the uh, pond. And it's funny because people are like, man, it was almost easier to do the super because you actually got to run a bit instead of just hiking. And, uh, and this one is one where, you know, each one will be, appropriately harder than the other so you, you mentioned this before and this has probably been like questions we have this is the most repeated question repeated question yeah, yeah. elevation yeah, yeah sure yeah like how much roughly i know you guys are releasing a map on monday how much yeah. elevation roughly are say the beast and the the ultra people in for because isn't it crazy that I can't tell you that right off the cuff? <laughs> no, no. I, 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 sh I should know. Um, a lot. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's a great answer. Yeah. Well, you know, each time up and down blue is um, uh, about 800 feet of elevation. And, um, you know, you're, it's, it's not just straight up, straight down at all. Like, you, you know, um, you're going up. You're coming down, doing some stuff down near the festival. You're going way back up the top across the top and then if you're doing the beast you carry on across the top um go all the way out and around down to this the very north end down past toronto ski club uh great big awesome uh run through the bush down cross past toronto ski club all the way back up the top down the bottom run a little bit along there wind your way back up to the top again so you know just just that alone is um what's that four or five trips to the very top which ends up being um you know four thousand feet which is an awful long way to go. And, um, and, you know, then if you figure the, um, uh, the ultra, you know, you're doing that twice and another trip up and down in the middle of all that, um, you know, it's, it's going to be is that 10,000 feet, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's a lot like there's, it's going to be tough. Did either of you guys run Stoneham years ago? Uh, Stoneham in, in Quebec, at Quebec city. No, we didn't. So, so that might have been the most elevation we ever had, like even more than Kimberly or Sun Peaks. And, and uh, like more than Owl's Head? Yeah. Well, but Owl's Head, Owl's Head, yeah. It's funny. <laughs> I, I didn't put on an ultra at Owl's Head. I put on um, a Sprint and Super. I don't even think I put on a Beast there. But um, I know that uh, back uh, when the two licensees ago put it on there, and it was up, down, up, down, yeah. up, up, down. And, and I don't really, like, it's funny. 
you know, years ago there was like, you know, Norm and Chris Accord and everyone, and everyone thought there's this arms race with us all that we're all just trying to put on the hardest races in the world. And, and I don't, I can't speak for those guys, but my intention was never to put on the hardest race. It was to do something that was really cool, really challenging, really interesting. And at the end, you know, you'd, you'd feel like you'd accomplish something. And sometimes, sometimes you overshoot the mark. Like, like uh, Kimberly, the one year that was so savagely hot and that just changed everything. And it was, it was brutally difficult. A lot of people still finished and they felt really, really good about it, but a lot of people didn't. And that's one that if I could redo, I'd probably make it not as hard. I think back in the day, like back in that, um, before I came along, when Owl's Head was up, down, up, down, up, down, I mean, it was crazy hard. But I, I've also heard from people that there, there was never any joy where you got to like run and think, this is why I'm here. This is amazing. And, you know, that's what I loved um, uh, the, the second year that we were at Kimberly, where we had an amazing ridge run across the top and you just climbed the most brutal climb. And I remember um, Austin uh, won the, um, the uh, ultra that year. And he said that when he was running across there, he just felt so good, just loved it. And I think I think it was Mick and a fellow who was up from the States, I can't remember who at one point, um, they were like neck and neck for first. And they actually stopped and said, let's just agree to stop. And we got a long way in anyone behind us. I, I, I may be, I'm, this may be apocryphal, but this is how I remember it. Um, they, they said, we're going to have to hammer to the bottom. We're going to race to the end. Like one of us is going to win, but let's take a second and just really appreciate this view and be so grateful for what we've done. Ready? Go. And I love that, that, uh, that there was that moment of just unadulterated joy that you want to stop and soak it in. That's and, so um, cool. I love that story. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and uh, Mick may be listening. One, really? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I believe I want to remember correctly, but uh, yeah, I, I remember that meaning a lot to me that uh, that those guys actually took the time to to do that. And you know, it's funny. Um, I've never actually been much of a racer myself. I'm not fast. Um, you know, most of my racing was back sort of the death race days, the really long stuff. But I remember moments like that where you're you're suffering. It's awful, but there's just that little bit of bliss in it somewhere that you stop and think okay, I got to bottle this up. I got to remember this. And that can be at any distance. You know, it can be running 5k um, in the morning as the sun comes up in the park. You know, you don't have to be, you know, uh, climbing the mountain, but just to stop for a second. I, years ago, I did the, um, the Halliburton 100, uh, the race in the Halliburton Forest. And I remember um, uh, it was really cold. And then as the sun came up, it got warmer. And I remember just stopping for a second and singing, dude, like actually enjoy this, enjoy this. That, that's how I want people to, to appreciate these, these races is like hammer, 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 but somewhere in there, smile and, and like really, uh, really enjoy it. So yeah, there you go. That was my soliloquy. <laughs> so it's like marriage. It's this constant, terrible hell with small little bits of joy in it. Uh, hey. You said that for the benefit of your lovely wife. I know you did. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> but she didn't hit me, so I'm good. No, no, you're all good. You're all good. Yeah, so that's... um. But, uh, but as far as the nuts and bolts of, um, of um, the races this, this weekend, um, the, uh, the Ultra goes off first, uh, then the Beast. Um, it's going to be a long day Saturday, but I think people are going to really, really enjoy it. Um, and then Sunday, we've got um, the uh, Super Elite Wave goes off. And then right after the uh, the trail run goes off, and the trail run it follows the first maybe 800 meters of the uh, of the OCR course, and then it jogs out, and then it never rejoins until right near the end. Oh wow! So, um, so it's very independent, and it's going to be um, now. Now having said that, what I mean is it never rejoins the uh, the sprint super because that's what's running the same day. Mm. It will take in some of the um, what would have otherwise been the. Uh, the the beast and the and the ultra but not following the same route it's going to be uh, it's going to be slightly different 
see, that, that's amazing. Like, I've never, I'm not a trail runner, never done the Spartan trail thing, but I do appreciate the fact that it, it's that they're not just having you run the same course without, without the obstacles. Running, like, not just running by the obstacles. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's tricky and it's funny. Um, I can, uh, I'll sort of t turn my Spartan hat sideways for a second. I won't take it off, but I'll say, um, Spartan trail is a, is an interesting animal because when it first started, it was, well, we're there anyway. People love to trail run. Why don't we just put on a trail run too? Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is not every venue is great for a trail run. And it's also very difficult to do it while you're putting on an OCR and not have it be an afterthought because just the amount of work that goes into the OCR and everything else. And, and you, you think, okay, and, and we'll get the trail done, but there's all these obstacles to build in the festival and everything else. And, um, and so it works, but I, I think where it's going to be really great is when Spartan um, trail becomes more of a standalone product. Um, and for, for, you know, at the start, it's to introduce Spartan racers to trail and it's to introduce trail racers to Spartan. And that's awesome. And there is that sort of a harmonizing, you know, pulling it all together, but ultimately, you know, the great trail runs of the world, um, you know, hard rock is not part of a mountain bike race. You know, it's, it's the Hard Rock 100 or uh, Western States is not, you know, um, Western States 100 and, um, <laughs> you know, and uh, what swimming championship, whatever. Um, so so I, I do think that as Spartan gets really established in trail racing even more, I mean, it's already the biggest trail racing company in the world. That's just that's just the, the, the might of Spartan, right? You come in and within two years, you're putting on more trail races than any other country in the world. But I do think that um, eventually you're going to see where it will be on separate weekends and like really feature the most amazing running because, you know, we have to make some compromises where we can't pick all the best trails for the running because we've already used a lot of them for the OCR. And, um, but I would love to just come and put on just a trail race here at blue. There would be a Spartan trail race, um, you know, not on an OCR weekend, which doesn't take anything away from doing the same weekend, but it's just, there's, there is necessary compromise. It, it definitely would be a lot easier for you. Oh. <laughs> it would be a well, lot easier to separate the two. You know, what's funny. I, I don't want to make it sound like uh, trail racing and trail race directing are, are easy per se, no. but you're absolutely right. Like the, 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 it is so challenging to do them both well at the same time. It would be much easier to just do an OCR well, or just do a trail race well. And I want to tell you, actually, I don't know if you guys know the name, um, Jeff Rothorn and Heather Borsellino, really great people who, who own Happening. It's, it's so funny. I've become uh, really neat friends with them uh, and I've only met them once, uh, but I just love them and their energy is so fantastic. And um, because this year we, you know, we dropped from eight to six to five to four to three, to two race weekends, it was really hard to staff and, you know, really hard to, um, to keep people on because, you know, along the way, they've got to go find other work. And so we came into this weekend without a, um, uh, full-time trail race director for the year. And I reached out to Jeff and Heather and said, Hey, would you guys come up and, um, and just, you know, I'm still going to design it and then, and, and market and everything else, but I just really want your experience to come up and, and manage the actual trail race so I can focus on the, the OCR side of things. And they're coming up for the weekend. And I'm just so excited about their energy and who they are as people. And, uh, and when, when Spartan trail first started, um, I reached out to them and I just knew of them at the time through friends who yeah. just admired them so much with their, uh, uh, their energy of their company. And I reached out and said, Hey, I want you to know, like we're putting on like two trail races this year in Canada. Like we're, we're not here to, to overrun great grassroots race directors like yeah. you guys. And, um, and they appreciated that. And, um, and so when I reached out to them and said, Hey, if you're free this weekend, I would love to have you come up and be part of this one. They said, yeah, great. So yeah. So any, anyone who has come to do the trail run, um, uh, there's going to be a, a bit of a Jeff and Heather touch to it, which is nice. Nice. Happy, happy trails racing.com.
<laughs> oh, I okay. So I don't know Jeff and Heather, but I know of Happy Racing, Happy Trail Racing. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah that's they're, they're, they're also somewhat infamous because Jeff has come up with crappy trails racing, and so Happy <laughs> Happy Trails are these amazing, great races that you know are just such good energy. And then every now and then he'll come up with just a horrible idea, like you know <laughs> some Sisyphean terrible mind of an idea and uh and and he does it anyway and, and he calls it crappy trails which i just love and it, it's like we're, we're, he says he says uh um it's going to be a um a, a painful race there's going to be no metal um and uh and it's a dollar to enter because i don't want to make any money because that's be crappy for me too it's almost like almost like he encouraged you to bandit his races and so yeah so happy trails is fantastic and crappy trails is equally fantastic in another way okay i better i better put this hat spartan hat solidly back on before i do too much of our competition for for a dollar. I might even go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other questions and that we got um, water obstacles. Will there be water obstacles uh, at Blue? No, and the reason is it's the Niagara Escarpment, and we're not allowed to dig here. Yeah, and that's what I told people. But you have yeah. to tell them that's you. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we dug we dug at Red Deer. Um, we put in the uh, the rolling mud there, and um. Um, we'd love to dig here too, but, uh, but we can't. So I think we're better off without it, but that's just me. No. <laughs> well, the, the other thing is, um, it all depends too on what kind of weekend it is. Like, you know, at the end of October in Ontario, it's generally pretty wet anyway. And, um, and you know, these are clay based Hills. So, you know, um, if it gets real wet and you're slipping and sliding up and down those Hills, you're going to be plenty muddy and plenty wet anyway. Now that said, today was 24 degrees and, uh, we were all in our t-shirts and taking off our sweatshirts and, um, if the weekend's something like that, then it's going to be like a July race. Well, so um, we'll see. There, there will be awesome showers at the end. And the nice thing is the showers are off um, a fixed water source and they are uh, on um, pavement with a solid drain. So you're, you're not going to be standing in a, you know, that, that's, that's the worst part with the festival when it's been raining all day and you're going to shower off and you're up to your knees in mud because that's the only place you could put it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so at, as muddy as you may get during the race, you can get very clean after. And I do like we we both told stories about racing at Blue, and I remember going up on the rainy weekend and like punching holes in the mud so I'd have places to put my feet because it was just that slick. So, and it may well be, it may well be, we'll see. But you know, the great thing about that is those are the ones you do tell the stories about, right? Oh. And I, I I explain that to my staff too. Like when we have like just a horrible day of working, like I know at Telluride, for example, they just finished the OCR um, or sorry the Ultra World Championships down there, and um, on Teardown. Um, you know, you're exhausted. You've just put on this incredible 24 hour race. You've worked 10 days to build it and everyone's just completely smoked. And then you have to tear it down in three days. And then they got hit with a two foot snowstorm. And so they're still tearing down a race, you know, almost a week after it happened, um, well after they'd planned to be there. And, uh, there's just sometimes that it just sucks so bad, but five years from now, those are the times. And I always tell myself this. On a good day, enjoy it now because you'll probably forget it later. On a bad day, remember that you're going to look back on this and say, dude, do you remember that time? Oh, my God. And uh, that's, those, so those, true. that's the same from a racing standpoint, right? Like nobody remembers the easy days. Like they're fun at the time, but you don't look back and go, do you remember that time that nothing went wrong and, uh, and everything was good? <laughs> no, you don't remember at all. So, um, yeah, so, uh, so if it is one of those crazy rainy weekends of like clawing your way up the hill and sliding your way down and, uh, you know, those are the ones that you talk about forever. Yep. And so anyway, 
It'll make for epic racing. I, so far, I've looked at the forecast, and it's looking like low teens and mild yeah. chance of rain. It'll be a perfect day. Uh, yeah, yeah same know. thing. It's a long way away, but last I looked, it was 30% chance of rain and like 15 degrees. Yeah. And I'll, I'll take that all day long. I would much rather that than 30 degrees. Yeah, yeah. Well, even today, I was out there today, yeah. and even today, it was almost too hot. Like just I agree, going dude. up that hill, it was almost too hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were sweating working. Um, okay, so Johnny, you need to let us know as well. What are they doing about vaccine passports or negative COVID tests? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's been a little bit of a moving target, but we, we're, we're very confident it's not going to change between now and the race. So because it's an outdoor event, we do not require tests. We do not require vaccine passports. We do not require masks on course or in the festival. Now, that said, um, our staff are testing um, uh, constantly, um, you know, on an average of every two days um, for, for the people uh, on, on the course. Um, we have to test in before we can even come to the event. We have to test as soon as we get here. So we know that we're keeping ourselves safe and not putting anyone else at risk. But it's also a lot to ask of racers who are just coming to run outside, you know, that they have to get a test in order to come up and do the race. Um, and the vaccine passport, I do recognize that a lot of people feel strongly about, you know, they're, they're, they're getting a vaccine or not getting a vaccine. And, and I think it is um, really challenging right now for people that there are so many things that they can't do because of that. And, um, you know, I'm, um, I'm fortunate that it was easy for me to make the decision to, to, to get it. And that, that's great. And it allows me to do a lot of things. Um, but I'm not judging people who've decided not to. And I feel bad that there are so many things they can't do. And this is something that they can safely do. You know, they can come be outside, run outside. You know, they've determined that it really is a, um, an airborne thing that has to be close contact. You know, you're not going to get it because you touch the same monkey bars as somebody else. And, um, but we, we want people to be as comfortable as they can be. So, you know, if you're somebody who feels that you are still, you know, at any kind of risk outside, absolutely wear your mask in the festival. Like we, we encourage it. We think it's great. And there are hand sanitizing stations, lots, lots of places around the, the course in the festival. Um, but we also know that the, the guidance and the evidence now is that if you're outdoors at any kind of a distance and moving at all, the, the risk is very, very close to zero. And so for that reason, we're, um, yeah. We're, we're, we're excited to welcome everyone to come and race. Um, now, I do want to mention the caveat to this is there is one time when you'll be indoors and it's just walking through and we're limiting uh, to very few people at a time. When you come to registration, you're coming up through the South Base Lodge, like through the inside and then back out. And um, the, the main reason for that is because um, when you're running a race on a rainy day, if it gets like that, registration is a nightmare. Um, you know, the computers get wet and everything's cold and nothing's working and the, 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 the forms are all wet, like everything's a real disaster. And uh, this way, we bring them through the inside. We got a hardwired internet there, so it can be really fast enough to worry about breakdowns. And then they go back out the, the other side. They are required to wear their mask when they come through there. So when I was talking to some friends um, who uh, were asking me from the States, you know, how, how are we managing making sure people have masks? I said, it's Ontario. You have to have a mask. You know, when you pump your gas and you go into pay, you have to have a mask. I don't think there's anyone who's walking around without a mask in their pocket. Yeah. So do, do bring your mask. Um, you're putting it on when you come through the building, you take it off and you go back outside or leaving it on if you want to. That's great too. But, um, but as it stands, if there was a, um, a mandatory vaccine for outdoor activities, we would have had to really reconsider if it was feasible to do this, but because there's not, um, yeah, we feel confident we can do it. Now, I also want to say, if you're coming to Blue to enjoy Blue, which you should be, 
all the restaurants, all the bars, pretty much anywhere that you're going to sit down and spend more than 10 minutes, you're going to have to wear a mask anyway. If you're just popping into a shopping out, I don't think they make you there. If you're going into your hotel, you have to, you have to, sorry, you, you have to wear your mask everywhere. You, you really do have to wear your mask everywhere except you're eating. Yeah. I mean, from a vaccine standpoint, if you're going to go sit down in a restaurant, you do have to have a vaccine. If you're going to go dancing, you have to have a vaccine. Um, if you're going to come stay at a hotel and you're going to do the race and you're going to go sit in an outdoor patio, I think even the outdoor patios here may, um, require the vaccine I, but so, I, I know Ontario doesn't but uh, yeah I'll jump in on that uh today I was in um on one of the patios and yeah. yeah you were still we were still required to have the vaccine to go in through the restaurant to be on the patio so yeah I think you're right on the money if, if you want to take part in a restaurant or anything you just I think that's just how it's going to be yeah, yeah. And, and you know I, I I was talking with Blue about that a while ago and and their position it's it's not we don't want to penalize anyone but we're just really concerned about our staff and they really want to keep their staff safe and I and I, I respect that um, you know it's funny uh, speaking of staff and that's a, a such a challenge everywhere right now like this has been a really tough year for us staffing wise because you build up a staff and then you have to cancel races and they go and do other stuff and then you try and hire them back but you know everyone's short on staff right now it's really hard to find people and then with Blue you know um, when we're talking with them, like, you know, they've got restaurants that are running at, you know, limited capacity, some of them because, because of staffing. And, um, and uh, so it's, what I want to say to people is wherever you're going right now, the people who are working are working really, really hard. So if you're at a restaurant and the service is at all slow compared to what it's been on, on other days, thank the heck out of your server. Cause it's not that they're not as good as their job as used to be. It's, it's that everywhere is struggling right now. Um, with, 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 with staffing and, and with, with supplies, um, you know, making sure they have all the right things. And so I, uh, now having said that every time I've been on blue, it's been amazing. The food's great. The service is great. Everything's great. But, um, I, I was, uh, doing my site visit in Montreal just before we had to pull the plug on that one. And that the, the reason for that one was the, the, um, mandatory vaccine was announced very soon before our race. Like we were going to be there, you know, a couple weeks later. Um, and, it was already one that was going to be logistically really challenging. We've been scrambling for a, for a venue. We finally found one, but it was really a tough place to put it on. And then that vaccine thing came in and here we're working with Blue Mountain. I mean, it's a great partner. You know, they can help us make sure we facilitate things and do it in a way that makes our, our guests and, and racers happy. Um, the one in Quebec we knew was going to be a real nightmare to implement. And it just made sense to not do it. Like it was going to be making more people angry trying to put a race on than we would by not having the race. But what I was going to say is when I was there, I was in a, uh, a restaurant and um, it was only, there was a lineup to get in, but half the restaurant was closed and somebody behind me was losing their mind. I want to sit there. I want to sit there. And they're trying to explain to them, sir, we only have three waitresses tonight. Usually we have nine or, you know, servers, I should say, not waitress servers. And um, yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know why I went down that tangent, but ju just that, that, you know, our, our business actually, I can't think of a harder business to be in right now in terms of, you know, you're dealing with staff and you're dealing with getting um, stuff. I'll give you a great example. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that we've done as improvements this year. You know, we've got a bunch of new obstacles. We've got the bait, the beater, we've got the twister, we've got the box, we've got the pipe layer, we've got, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, but one of the biggest things I was really excited about was having fall protection, like the actual mats rather than um, straw and mulch, because it makes a big difference when you're out there, like have that confidence here on this. And I'll tell you from a build standpoint, it makes a massive difference because we just lay down a mat. Instead of bringing in straw and mulch, pile it up, you know, getting the volunteers to, to keep it piled up all day. Anyway, we ordered our fall protection in February. 
It um, uh, was supposed to be manufactured, supposed to be manufactured, supposed to be manufactured, finally got manufactured, supposed to be shipped, supposed to be shipped, supposed to be shipped. It's not coming. So, so we've, we've honestly paid for fall protection almost a year ago did everything right to get it here. And, um, and, and it's, and so, so if you're, if you're wondering why it looks so familiar out there with the straw and the, uh, <laughs> and the box, because it's still there. And, uh, and it's, it's, I don't think it's, you know, it, it's not that the fall protection isn't as good, but it's that it doesn't give you guys the same confidence and, and it's a thousand times harder for us to put out there. Um, but, uh, you know, just in terms of dealing with the, the, um, uh, the vaccine mandates and uh, and all the testing we have to do for our staff and getting staff and getting the gear that we need, um, it, it's it's been really really a, a super challenging year to, to to stay as enthusiastic and energized as you need to be to put these races on. So so I'm just extrapolating that outwards, saying anyone you're dealing with in any business, um, I guarantee they're going through something difficult. So if you're going to a wedding and it doesn't seem quite as much fun as it was last year because they're making you wear a mask as you go through the lobby, instead of feeling at all cheated by it, just go up and I guess you can't hug people right now. But <laughs> elbow bump one of the servers because I promise you that they're doing their best. That's all. That's my speech on that. Um, so speaking of, uh, all, like you said, a lot of the new obstacles and come, uh, one of the things we did notice in Red Deer was you got lots of the new obstacles, but the stairway to Sparta wasn't quite the same as the one in the States. Is, uh, is it going to be that way in blue? Will it be like the one in Red Deer or will it be like, uh, the one down South? Well, actually, I got to tell you, the, the obstacles we had in Red Deer were actually the U.S. obstacles. So the stairway to Sparta was the exact same as in the States because it was literally an obstacle from States. So, um... Yeah, we, we ran into some issues with our trailers where we couldn't bring the, the Canadian trailers out to Red Deer. So mm -hmm. all of the obstacles we had in Red Deer were actually up from one of the U.S. trailer sets. Um, that said, all the obstacles that we have here in um, uh, blue are all U.S. spec obstacles. Okay. So um, so so the n none of these are legacy obstacles from former Spartan licensees. Yeah. Like, it's not like, you know, Spartan bought the... Um, the old monkey bars or anything like that. Um, so, so, you know, it's great in that, you know, it's all the, the proper stuff. I kind of miss some of the stuff. Like I love Dom's um, uh, platinum rig uh, uh, stuff. You know, it, it had a real Canadian feel to it. Yeah. And we, we don't have that, but, but we do have all the proper, like every obstacle we have is straight out of uh, the U S warehouse. And um, yeah, so nobody's getting cheated at anything with these. Um, same, same with weights and things like that. You know, like um, uh, people used to say, you know, they'd complain about the weights and say, you know, it's, it's heavier in the U.S. Why isn't it heavier here? Part of the reason was because we didn't have 32 lanes of, uh, of um, Herkhoist. You know, we had uh, 24 and you need to get people through faster <laughs> so you'd have a little bit lighter weight. Um, but yeah, ev everything is, um, is mirrored. Uh, one thing we do have that's great is the... Um, the unblemished uh spear throw targets nice so not, not only not only are they the proper like sponge foam uh, uh targets but they aren't even chewed up yet so yeah so if your spear doesn't stick it's on you <laughs> <laughs> it's not a strap over the hay and it's not that the phone's <clears throat> all up as he didn't throw it right um Oh, sorry, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was the last one that I had for you here? Um, oh, sorry, quick one. Uh, cut off time for the ultra. Yeah, so cut off time for the ultra. It's a hard nine off the mountain. Um, it is going to be working backwards from there. So, for example, the ultra goes off at six. So, 15 hours is um, uh, nine at night. So, that means seven and a half hours in. If you haven't left the transition area, 
you know, nobody's going to run a negative split. Like you're, you're, you're not running the second half fast in the first half. Um, so if you haven't left by, um, what's that workout to one uh, thirty, it's just closed. You're not, you're not allowed out. You, you know, um, that's just okay. the end. Um, realistically, if you're not out of there by one, the chance of finishing are incredibly slim. So we're working it backwards. So, you know, if you're on the course at nine, you're, you're, you're off the course, no matter what. But, um, but you know, I'll be following the, the, the progress and I'll know that when you come through that last obstacle before you go back up the hill, that if you aren't here by this time, we're, we're closing it and, and that, that's, that's it. And, um, you know, I've, I've had arguments with people at those obstacles before. We're like, wow, how can you do this? I've put everything out here. And it's like, dude, cause you're not going to be done by nine. Like, and I, and I had, uh, some fellows in, um, in Stoneham a couple years ago that were like, we can go faster. He said, you should have been going faster until now. Like, what have you been saving it up? <laughs> <laughs> For the so, sprint finish. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so the two that I can announce right now are that it's nine o'clock hard cut off that like you cannot, if you finish at nine Oh one, it's you're, you're not a finisher. So, so we are going to pull you off the course at nine, no matter where you are. Um, and you can't leave the transition after one thirty, because that's, you know, that's uh, half of the amount of time. Um, and, and there will be some well thought out. now I'll tell you the challenge with that is that, you know, some of those cutoffs, you know, it's beast racers coming through around the same time as, um, as a sprint racer, or sorry, as um, ultra racers. And you don't know if those beast racers were ones who went off right after the elites or they're ones who went off in the last wave out. And I, and I used to find one of the craziest things with racers is um, you'd get somebody who's not fast. So they'd say, well, I'm really slow. So I'd better wait and go right at the very end because the elite people go first and then the age group. So I don't want to go right after them. And it'd be like, no, 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 we really should have elite and then super slow people, you know, elite <laughs> and super slow people, um, because they're trying to be courteous, not being in anyone's way, but they're the ones who need the time to finish. And I, I've swept a few people off the course that I'm like, why did you wait until the very last seat of the day for your first race when you, and you know, and you've just come off an injury. So, um, yeah, so, uh, but it, it will be a, an encouraging, uh, but ruthless sweep as far as I cut off. Encouraging to keep moving, but ruthless in terms of you just gotta, you can't let people go past a point if they're going to be unsafe. So one more thing, uh, sure. volunteers. Oh man. Yeah. When I talk about our biggest challenges this year, that is by far our biggest challenge. Um, and I know it's not just us. Like when I'm on uh, the race director calls with the U S race directors, they're struggling down there as well. Yeah. Spartan's been really lucky over the years that we've had an enormous volunteer base and a really loyal, dedicated volunteer base. And it's awesome. And, and it's so appreciated. And I think what's happened this year, it's, you know, you have three, um, kinds of volunteers. You've got uh, racers who are volunteering for the race credits, which is awesome. We appreciate the heck out of them. And, and of course, I mean, that's, that's a big part of it. You get the race credits. But a bunch of people who volunteered a lot in 2019 because they were awesome uh, have race credits come out of their ears. And there were no races in 2020. And, uh, and Spartan, to their credit, is extending all those race credits, not, not uh, having them expire. Um, and there were you know, two races in 2021. So there's just a lot of people who don't need race credits right now. And so I get that they're not volunteering because that's why they did. There's also other people who um, who want to be part of something really neat and cool and new. And maybe they're not even racist. They just want to be part of something awesome. And that was great. And we appreciate the heck out of them. But when you haven't been around for a year and a half and everyone's sort of, you know, it's just not in their in their mindset right now. It's not in their consciousness because they get out of the habit. And, and then the other people who just aren't ready to do stuff yet. Yeah. You know, they're just not ready to be out doing anything. And I get that. You know, there's some people who are just waiting to see what happens to the world. 
But all that adds up to us not having volunteers. And even things like, for example, um, you know, you used to go to the gymnastics club and say, um, hey, we need volunteers. But the gymnastics club used to have 200 people in it and they met every week. And, you know, they haven't been doing that for two years. You know, they may be now finally back together, but, you know, it's half the number of people. And, and you know, a lot of it's online with like one class a week rather than five class a week and things. So, um, and same with gyms. Like, you know, gyms have been a great source of volunteers for us. The gyms are just barely open again. And so um, the hardest part with that um, is that it, it really impacts your ability to put on a safe race. You know, it's not just giving out the t-shirts to the finish line, which is an awesome volunteer. We appreciate them, but it's manning the water stations and uh, manning the obstacles. And especially when we're talking about, um, uh, uh, um, so what I'm looking for here, competitive waves, like the, uh, the fact that it's a national series race and a national series beast, that's a lot of obstacles yeah. to marshal. And, you know, the marshals are also volunteers. And, uh, and uh, I, I said something on um, Matt's podcast a while ago that they got me in hot water when I was being roasted over the whole uh, <laughs> officiating thing out there. And I said, dude, you're talking to the wrong guy. I don't care about the competitive waves. I don't. And it was, I didn't mean it like that. You know, some of my very best friends are the competitive racers. And um, uh, hang on, just, <laughs> you're, you're going to hear some behind the scenes. Do me a favor and I talk to Adam and find out what's going on. So that's my security manager calling. He never calls me unless there's something going on. So no problem. Uh, anyway, um, uh, I, I, I love I love the elite waves, and I think they're really important. And I think that um, that they've helped to grow the sport. And uh, some of my best friends are, are elite racers, and I, I think it's amazing. But it 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 isn't the part of the sport that got me into it, and that keeps me excited. I love putting on races for five thousand people, and the fact that fifty of them are elite racers actually. Five of them are elite racers. Fifty of them are in the elite wave. <laughs> 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 Let me dig myself even deeper now. Um, <laughs> but but and and I, I think it's amazing. But I love when we have head officials that aren't me. Do you know what I mean? Like that they get to come in and and and, and make those decisions. And 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 that I don't get drawn into it because I'm out there putting on a race for everyone. And then there's somebody else who worries about those things. But it's hard enough when you have uh, marshals at every obstacle. Um, and if you don't have marshals at every obstacle, suddenly it's really hard to maintain the integrity of that race. Um, even more importantly, you know, what if you don't have enough obstacles to literally have somebody at Stairway to Sparta? You know, how can you have people going up Stairway to Sparta without, um, without a volunteer there? And, you know, when we have races that we literally have fewer volunteers than, than obstacles, you've got to make a tough decision. And sometimes that tough decision is we're not going to have that obstacle in this race. Um, and, uh, and, you know, uh, we're, we're really trying to figure out how to get more volunteers. And like, it, we, we need some pretty big influx of volunteers. We've always managed to find a way to still put the race on. We always managed to find a way. But again, just saying to the racers, um, it, it isn't sort of magic and it isn't um, like, you can't just manufacture it with thin air. Like in terms of putting on a race without volunteers, like we have to have volunteers to put, put on the race. Like it just, you know, if, if, if it were all paid, um, obstacle um, uh, attendance, um, you know, it'd be a $500 race for, for, for the racers. And, uh, you know, the volunteers, it's, it's a big part of our culture and, and, and they get a lot out of it too. And they love encouraging the racers. And, you know, I'm sure you guys have favorite volunteers that you remember that they're like the coolest person. Who, you knew they weren't a racer. Like you knew that person was not there because they love racing. They're there because they love you. They love people and they love high-fiving. And, and, um, and I think that, uh, that, you know, we're, we're at a a point right now where we need to get back to where we can do that where 
where you can high five people and you can hug people at the finish line and you can, and the volunteers can be as enthusiastic as they, as they want to be. Um, but, but yeah, so if you know anyone who wants to volunteer, please tell them to come out. If you um, are coming to the race and can bring somebody with you that they can volunteer, please do. Um, especially, like I say, with, with an ultra, like the race goes off at six in the morning. We're putting people on the course at five in the morning. Some of them are out there until nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. It is a crazy long day. It is a really a rewarding day. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy trying to do it when, when the volunteers just are not coming like they normally would. And I, and I totally get it. I don't, I don't think that, you know, they're, that they've suddenly become less awesome people. It's just that, um, that people are less engaged right now in general. But, you know, and the other thing is um, our, our uh, registration is way down. And, um, and that, that makes sense too, because people just, you know, they need to get into the flow. So it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's going to, the, the other thing with this is we always try to make sure like Red Deer, the feedback I got on Red Deer was fantastic. Like from the racers, it was like, this was so great. And that was really awesome because it doesn't always feel like it's going to be when you're putting it on because like, you know, it's a, they say you never want to see sausage being made. It may taste great, but it's a horrible process. <laughs> and, uh, and right now, you know, with, with new staff and with, uh, with all the challenges, you're just grinding it out. And then the day is awesome. And I know that's what this day is going to be as well. But, um, but the challenges with, um, you know, trying to do it with, with not enough volunteers and trying to do it with, with uh, a new staff is, um, is, is quite something. So volunteers, 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 please uh, get the word out there. Please tell them yeah. to come out. Um, just so that people know what's in it for them. Um, other than just a great day and people really appreciating you and getting to be part of something awesome, um, you do get a free race credit. You do get the volunteer t-shirt. You do get a lunch. Um, if you work the whole day, you do get um, uh, upgrades for other merchandise. If you work the whole weekend, you get extra race credits. Like there's all kinds of stuff that we can do. So um, the other thing in the past, it used to be that if you're going to race Sunday, you had to volunteer Saturday. Now, if you want to race Saturday and volunteer Sunday, we trust you. Come race Saturday. We trust you're going to come back and volunteer Sunday. And if we don't, Dave, Dave has everyone's phone number. We will call you and harass you. <laughs> That's, That's right. That's right. You know, what? and uh, I, I talked to Chris Roglowski just just last uh, last week, and she volunteers all the time at every races. And if she can make time, you can make time. And we found this in Red Deer. If you're there and you have your race, and then you've got like an hour or two that you can spare, go by the volunteer tent. Tell them, hey, I can't do a full day, but I can do two hours. What can I do for you? Well, especially, especially later in the day, like if you've raced in the morning and, uh, and you, you've got some energy left, that's huge for us because afternoon shifts are always harder than morning shifts. A lot of people volunteer in the morning to race in the afternoon. Um, uh, it just seems for whatever reason that we have at tops half as many people for the afternoon that we do in the morning. So absolutely, if you're a racer that races in the morning and you can come back and help out in the afternoon, we appreciate the heck out of it. You know, and, um, and you know, and take the free race, you know, don't, 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 uh, um, be selfless. Like we, we, we want to reward you with the free race for coming out. So, and, and, you know, if, uh, and I know that for the most part, those free races are for open waves. I think you can upgrade it, you know, pay the difference or whatever. But if you're somebody who already has a, um, an elite seasons pass or an age group seasons pass or something, the great thing is if you volunteer for the afternoon, you can give that race credit to a friend and, uh, and, you know, take a friend who wasn't going to race and, and turn them onto this great thing. That's been so good to you. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. 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 We, we had a great time volunteering actually in Red Deer. We spent the morning there and yeah, we had a blast actually. So it's well worth it. Yeah. And you guys bring such great energy and I really, really appreciate it about both you guys. And, uh, and it's just such a neat thing. And, you know, when people volunteer, 
for the most part, it's a really rewarding experience. Like you said, it gets fun. It really is fun. And, uh, and the racers generally hear a lot of thank you, volunteer. Thank you, volunteer. Thank you, volunteer all day long. And um, yeah, so so if, you yeah. ever, if you've ever, ever felt unappreciated, come out and volunteer. If, <laughs> Guarantee you'll get appreciation from John Cross. I just know it. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Spartan just put out today, and I wasn't going to go through this, but Spartan put just, just put out today a little bit of a contest on Instagram. Yep. Uh, uh, two trifecta is going to be happening in Canada. If you can guess where they are, uh, prizes, I can't remember the prize. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. But um, do you have any information that you may be able to put forward about 2022, about things that we can expect in 2022? Um, yes. I can tell you that most of the schedules will be announced pretty soon, like uh, within the next week or two. Uh, some of the schedules been announced before uh, Blue Mountain. Like for sure, there will be races open for next year uh, before this race happens. Um, there will be uh, some brand new venues that are really, really exciting. Uh, one in particular um, uh, that we where we've not been out west before that is going to be like just a fantastic, fantastic uh, venue. And the other great thing about it is um, at least the, the 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 major city that it's based out of. Um, you, uh, you can get there easily from pretty much anywhere in Canada. And that's what I love about it is that it's, um, you know, it's, it's not somewhere that's uh, right next door to somewhere else, but almost every, uh, airport in a major city in Canada will fly there. So there you go. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right. I'm writing down for clues here. It's like running out with Springfield. <laughs> that's a great teaser. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm really, my brain I'm, here. I'm really excited about this Western Canada, big mountain venue that is going to be new for us. Um, uh, there's a strong possibility of going back to some favorite old venues in Eastern Canada. Um, or, you know, I feel bad when I see Eastern Canada because I have all these great friends in the Maritimes who are dying yeah. to come back out there and we want to, it's not going to be 2022. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, in the Eastern half of Canada, there are some venues we've been to in the past that are trying to go back to in 2022. That'll be amazing. Um, and then some of your favorites that we've always been to, we're going to be back to, of course. So there you go. How's, how's that for some, some hints and some clues. And then, and the other thing is, uh, I really do think that certainly by the end of the calendar year, e even earlier than that, the entire season will be fully locked in announced, um, and, and, and ready to roll. And, uh, and, and I don't think you're going to see any cancellations next year. Um, if, if COVID is that big a factor next year, we have much bigger problems than OCR. Uh, I really think it has to be under control by then. Um, uh, Spartan Canada is uh, is super strong um, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, with, with the, the U.S. behind it, it's, it's not like it's going to not happen. It's not like, you know, there's going to be any kind of um, uh, a shrinking. It's going to be a growth. And um, and the other thing that's awesome, um, as most people know, um, Spartan and Tough Mudder are no longer competitors per se. Um, you know, it's under the same umbrella. And I, I know there are going to be at least two and maybe three Tough Mudders in Canada next year. And uh, they're going to be awesome as well. Is there any way to get a venue even closer to my house than Blue? <laughs> uh, pretty good here. Like an hour is not bad, but it could, even closer is, is even better. We, we could probably do a hurricane heat. How, how about All that? Right, right. <laughs> hurricane heat out of my garage. You got to get through the kids' laundry there. You don't want to do that. That's that's just torturous. Um, Beth, that's all I got for today. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much, Johnny. You're putting on amazing races. We super look forward to next weekend. Thank you, guys. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to a couple of the other staff. Um, Bear has been part of Spartan Race Canada longer than I have. 
Um, he's our construction manager right now, but anyone who knows Bear knows he's way more than that. He's kind of the heart and soul of Spartan Race Canada. And um, so I, I want to give a shout to him. And I want to thank, um, we've got some great partners who've uh, come from afar to help us out with this one as well. And um, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. But yeah, I just, as, as the race director and sometimes being the face of it all, you get a lot of the credit. And, um, and really, I certainly don't do any more and maybe not even as much as some of the other people sometimes. And um, so Bear in particular is one that I just want to give, um, gigantic enormous props to because he um he really uh is um to me the heart and soul of Spartan Race Canada that's Nick Bertrand for anyone who is wondering who Bear is <laughs> and I lied I did have one more question official map release I thought it went out already <laughs> so I'll, I'll make sure it goes out in the next day or two um <laughs> yeah it's funny I'm terrible for um partly because I'm always working yeah. but um you sent me a thing a while ago and said, did you see this? And it was a meme from some other uh, <laughs> thing. And, and I can pretty much guarantee you I have not seen it. Uh, I, um, I, I do not consume as much uh, obstacle me media as most people because I just live and breathe it. And that's why like, I, I, I watched the stuff you guys put on in Red Deer. And I was like, man, that is really good. And I knew, I knew you guys put on good stuff. But it was, I was blown away by how good it was. Like, it was awesome. And um, but uh, but yeah, it's funny. Like when you ask me if the if the map's gonna like, I don't know. I don't check our Instagram ever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but um, but for 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 anyone who uh, who um, doesn't follow enough obstacle media, check out OFX. These guys are. I'm preaching to the choir now because you're already here. But but no, you guys really do put out amazing stuff. So, somebody asked me today. Uh, if I could go out tonight, I said, no, I'm, I'm doing a podcast interview. And, uh, and I, I said, it's funny. Usually I say it like this. Oh, I'm doing a podcast <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm doing a podcast interview with these really nice people. <laughs> yeah. So thanks. Good, good work that you guys do. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Johnny. We look forward to seeing you and, uh, everybody volunteer. If you don't volunteer, don't bitch about it. All right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And come to Blue. It's going to be fantastic. Again, it is a world-class venue as far as all the extracurriculars go. And the race itself is going to be one people talk about for years. <laughs>